We are in Doctrine and Covenants, section 132, and we're doing voices, verses, excuse me, 1 through 33, which have to do with celestial marriage. And it's interesting to me that Joseph prayed. He had a question why it was okay that David and Solomon and Abraham had more than one wife and Moses. And so he prays and asks, and all of a sudden... <laughs> In verse 3, the Lord says, get ready, I'm going to tell you, but once you have the law, you have to obey it, or you will be damned, which means or stopped where you are, and you will not be able to progress and be where God is, be one with him, and be a God. And I just had this thought, I thought, ooh, be so careful what you pray and ask about, because he's like, wait. I wasn't asking for the law. I was just asking for you to explain to me why it was okay. And it just kind of made me laugh because I thought, ooh, I wonder if he regretted asking that question. Okay, um, verse 5, it says, For all who have a blessing at my hand shall abide the law. And that just went with what we said yesterday, that every blessing is connected to a commandment. And there are blessings that we will be kept from if we don't obey those commandments. God is not a God of punishment. I've said that before. God is a God who delights to honor and bless us. And we keep ourselves from blessings by not obeying um, further commandments. But like those who choose to live in the telestial or terrestrial will be perfectly happy. We've been told it's far greater than anything we can imagine and it's because they only choose to obey those certain laws. They don't want more. Um, there will not be frustration like, why didn't I do better? I should have tried for more. They will be perfectly at peace. And we will have not only this life, but the millennium. And I truly have that confidence that we will all end up where we want to be and be perfectly content. And those in the highest will be able to look down and see those in other kingdoms and visit them, but those in the lower kingdoms will never be able to look up and be frustrated. And I just think, how great is God? But I love that, that um, it's all up to us. He's just explaining, if you want a fullness, which he knows Joseph Smith does, if you want to be one with me and be a God, and Joseph Smith is second only to Christ, so of course he does, then you have to obey these laws. And here they are. Um, I love 9 through 11. We do not luck, luck out into the celestial kingdom. You have to obey those laws. And they are predicated. And um, God is the gatekeeper. And he has command. And no one who doesn't obey those commands will enter there. And um, I just love that. And I love that he goes through that marriage is done by his authority in the right place. Priesthood keys in the temple. And if not, they're not sealed for eternity. What is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. And, and I just love that. Okay. Um, therefore, man, 15, if he marry him a wife in the world, he marry her not by my word, not by covenant, so long as he is in the world. The covenant and marriage are not a force when they are dead. So he's, it's, it's just very clear. 16, therefore, when they are out of the world, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are appointed angels in heaven. And the reason I have that is that goes with what I said yesterday when my mom had heard on the podcast that there was only, that scripture could be interpreted, there was only one kingdom in the celestial kingdom, 
but that doesn't make sense because there are people who will who have passed on who will pass on who qualify to live in God's presence but choose not to obey that law do not want to be celestially married forever in all eternity and of course they'll still get to live there and their job will be that they will be ministering angels to God and to those who choose the higher law and that's one of the blessings that come Okay, um, 17, these angels did not abide my law, therefore they cannot be enlarged, or that means progress, but remain separately and single without exaltation in their safe condition to all eternity and from henceforth are not gods, but are angels of God forever and ever. And um, that has to be <coughs> in the celestial kingdom because they live in his presence. It can't be a lower kingdom. Okay, jump to 19. And again, verily I say to you, if a man marry a wife by my word, which is my law, by the new and everlasting covenant, by him who is appointed, anointed, and appointed this power in the keys. And I love this because it so goes with our temple promises and blessings that all have changed right before COVID. And um, so much of the wording was changed in... Uh, our initiatories and in the endowment, and this just reminded me of it, shall inherit thrones, kingdoms, principalities, powers, dominions, all heights and depths, depth, depths, excuse me, <laughs> and a continuation of seed forever and ever. And I just think next time you go do initiatories in the temple and are anointed, just listen to those promises. They are amazing. And I can remember the first time going after hearing um, that it had changed and just being so touched, the beauty of those promises that we make to God. And I love that. Okay, 20. Then shall they be gods because they have no end. So that's the definition of a God. They have no end. Therefore, they shall be from everlasting to everlasting because they continue. Then they shall be above all because all things are subject to them, including those angels. Then they shall be gods because they have all power and the angels are subject to them. 21, verily I say unto you, except you abide my law, you cannot attain this glory. Very, very, very clear. <laughs> so our choice, absolutely. But if you want to dwell with God and have a fullness with him, that is the law you have to obey. And he knows Joseph Smith desires that. So he is very, very clear. I love that. And again, I go back to what I learned when I was studying about Nicodemus and really questioning that and Pilate and how they, you know, like Pilate washes his hand of uh, the Jews wanting to crucify Christ and Nicodemus comes and he comes by night, but he, um, and he obviously loves the savior, but man, he does not want to lose his following or his place in the church. And that's so bothered me. I love Nicodemus. And especially if you have watched the chosen, that's just a huge, I love the way they portrayed that. But before even the chosen, as I was teaching this in seminary, it was such a beautiful lesson to realize God will bless us the ultimate he can. He will bless Pilate the ultimate he can. He will bless Nicodemus the ultimate he can. He does not punish. But they kept themselves from blessings they could have received, as we all do when we choose not to put God as our highest priority. And that is a profound lesson to each of us, not a condemnation of them. It is a warning 
that when the opportunity comes, should we fear man or anyone else, what we will keep ourselves from? And, and Joseph Smith, should he fear his wife over God? And that was a hard, hard thing. And the reason will come later to Abraham it is literally laying your all on the altar and putting God first. And we covenant to do that in the temple, our very lives if necessary. Okay, 23, but if you receive me in the world, then ye shall know me. So that is the way, if you receive this law and this promise and you put him very first, then you shall know me. And Joseph Smith, we have no doubt did. 24, this is eternal lives to know the only wise and true God, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. I am he. Receive ye, therefore, my law. And I love that it says that. So in 24, that's where I was just reading, circle that receive, and it's in 23 too. It is the same as the baptism covenant when we receive the Holy Ghost. We get that choice. We get to decide. It's given us, but we have to open our lives and live worthy of it. It's the same thing with the celestial law. Um, I love in 25, broad is the gate. I just think of King Benjamin. It's impossible to number all the ways you can sin. So concentrate on the very clear path and the straight and narrow path of how to get to where God is and stop worrying about all the different ways you can sin. Okay, 27, blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. Um... And he that abideth not my law can in no wise enter my glory, but shall be damned, which means their progress just stopped. They just stop where they are. That goes with verse 4, right where we started. 29, Abraham received all things whatsoever he received by revelation and commandment by my word. And that's why he uses Abraham. And hath entered into his exaltation and sitteth on his throne. And when we sing the song about um, Joseph Smith, it says he sits among gods. And so he has to. It's receiving all things. And I loved the comparison to Nephi um, killing Laban. That has to have been such a heart like we've been commanded not to kill, but God said, so he did it. And the thing I love about that is there's obviously no guilt in that because he records it because it was God's will. And that's the difference. Esther, when she goes before the king and for a year lives with the king and then is chosen as queen. I remember the first time I got what was happening in that story. I went, what? Same thing. Such a time as this. God's command comes above all. We have to be willing to lay our all on the altar. And I love that so much. And Abraham is a perfect example of that. 32, go you therefore and do the works of Abraham. What are the works of Abraham? All that God asks. Be willing to obey all that God asks. That's verse 32. And then 33, but if you enter not into my law, you cannot receive the promise of my father. And the reason I love 33 ending with 33 is it's that same scripture. We without them cannot receive be blessed and they without us cannot receive and be blessed that and I'm saying it wrong but we receive the blessings of Abraham they come from him so we can't be blessed without him those promises they come from people who put their all on the altar long before we came and desired to bless not themselves not only themselves but their future posterity 
And we do what we do to bless them. But also, I mean, those who died without the knowledge of those covenants, we do all we can to bless them, but also our posterity. And it is a big chain where we are all connected and blessed because of the works of everyone else who's gone before and who will yet come. And we do our part in that chain. Um, I love this so much. I, again, would say I loved one of my favorite talks was President Nelson's talk in conference about temples. I loved that he said those who have not received their covenants, um, their ordinances and covenants who are single, think about going. He strongly encourages that so they don't miss out on those blessings. Man, that was huge. Um, I think that's so important because they are such powerful blessings. And then I loved that he said, if you're not loving the temple, go more, don't go less. And I don't, I think I've shared before, there was a time I thought I was going too much. I, I um, go weekly with my husband. I was going weekly by myself and I was working and I just started to think maybe I go too much. It's not meaning as much to me, it's becoming very normal and I fall asleep in the temple film. And the spirit immediately said to me, how many people would not have their ordinances if you didn't come? Can you imagine? And I started to add up those numbers and the spirit just said, they're awake when they come. This is new to them and they're awake. And so one of the prayers I always pray is that I will be alert and attentive but also that I won't get in the way of the person for whom I am doing the work that they will be there and catch what they need to. And so I just love this. It is just an amazing gift. And I've said before, a year after we got married, I was in the temple and I wanted such a guarantee before I got married that this man would never hurt me, never do anything wrong. And the spirit let me know very clearly that we don't get that. We have to move forward in faith. But after we were married, the spirit said, look over there while we were in the temple. And my husband was covenanting with the men at a certain part in the temple. And the spirit said, that is your guarantee. As long as he is here covenanting with me, as long as you are here covenanting with me, that is your guarantee. And it talks about that new and everlasting covenant. That is how we are sealed. And... Um, and we receive our calling and election made sure is we keep those covenants we make. It's not a once and done. It's renewing those covenants and putting the Lord constantly first in our life. And I just love that abiding in the covenant. That is how we are sealed. And that is how we make sure we live with him forever. And we want to be where he is and be one with him. And so that comes through those covenants. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.